For the next four weeks, we'll be looking at the other part of that railroad on a time of renewal, which is this question. Lord, what are you doing to renew us, the church, for the renewal of LA? Renewing the church for the renewal of LA. Have you noticed we're living in a very different culture, very different cultural moment than generations of old? That the rapid growth of secularism, individualism, the autonomous self, the self-authority of defining our own worldview, the, the ideological and political divisions of our society. All of these things have been around for a, a few years, but they've rapidly increased in intensity over COVID. That for many people, this is the first time they've lived in what sociologists now call a post-Christian society, where Christianity is more on the fringe than at the center. It's more in the minority than the majority. And increasingly, it's more and increasingly disrespected than respected. That this is, for all of us in Los Angeles, this is the air we breathe every day. And we have to ask the question, God, what are you doing in our church in this season? How do we be the people of God in this cultural moment? I want to recommend a couple of resources to you to really understand what it means to be a Christian in this cultural moment. And really, what is this cultural moment about? As our friend who spoke a few weeks ago, John Mark Comer, has two resources I think everybody should listen to and read. The first is a small podcast season he did called This Cultural Moment from about three years ago, and then secondly, his most recent book, Live No Lies. You can read that or audiobook that. But both of those are helpful commentaries on understanding the culture in which we live every day in our city of LA. And as part of that is to ask the question, well, how do we be the church of Jesus Christ in this cultural moment? What is God doing to renew us? And so over the next few weeks, we'll be looking at particular things that we are to live into and the first one is to live into renewing community. That we are to be a specific type of community. That God wants to renew us in who we are as his people, as his family. I said last week, if you were here, I'm not too keen on kind of, it sounds kind of boring, doesn't it? It kind of doesn't really have any meaning to it, renewing community. So my less pithy title for this sermon isn't Renewing Community, it's this, a community of diverse, authentic, loving, real, resilient, tight-knit friendships in a culture of individualism, opposition, autonomy, division, and loneliness. This is who God has called us to be as his people, as his church. Now, full disclosure, I didn't always love the church. Maybe like you, I was disillusioned with church. I was hurt with church. I left the church for many years. But in coming back to church, it wasn't that I suddenly fell in love with a particular church. I had a time with Jesus in prayer one day where I really felt him say to me, Gay, you can't love me and not my church. I came as we see in his biographies, his gospels, he came to create a community, not individuals. He took 12 individuals and formed them into the first community. 
And we are formed here into being his people, his family in Los Angeles. And in order to survive and thrive and be his people, we have to lean into the full meaning of what he wants his people to be. And it won't work if we do church as usual. You know, the kind of, hey, if I'm in town, I'll pop in once or twice a month maybe follow on Instagram what's going on and maybe put a worship CD on or tape or eight track or whatever you use. I think we all know that when we're living in a cultural moment which is very different, in some ways hostile, and in many ways tempting us to pull away from Jesus and live a different path, that kind of shallow church experience doesn't really cut it. If we're not careful, in this cultural moment, the church will start to collapse into conformity. We'll start to conform to the doctrines, the ideologies, the worldview of our city rather than Jesus. I don't know about you, but it's always tempting to go along with the crowd, isn't it? It's hard to be the odd one out. It's hard to be different. I remember reading this, this illustration, this kind of story of a young police officer who shows us how hard it is to stand out and be different and not conform. He was taking his police exam at a local police college. And the first three questions on the exam were pretty simple. But the fourth one was a bit trickier. And the fourth question went like this. You're on patrol when an explosion occurs in a gas main in a nearby street. On investigation, you find that a large hole has been blown in the sidewalk and that there is an overturned truck lying nearby. Inside the truck, there's a strong smell of alcohol and both occupants, a man and a woman, are injured. But you recognize the woman as the wife of your chief of police who is at present away at a work conference. A passing motorist stops to offer you assistance, but you realize that he is a man who's wanted for armed robbery. And suddenly another man runs out of a nearby house, shouting that his wife is expecting a baby, and the shock of the explosion has made the birth imminent. Another man is crying for help, having been blown into the river nearby by the explosion, and he cannot swim. So bearing in mind the relevant provisions of the Civil Rights Act and the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act of 1994, describe in a few words what actions you would take. (laughs) The police officer thought for a moment, picked up his pen and wrote, I would take off my uniform and mingle with the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) And that's always a temptation to take off who we are as Jesus followers, to take that off in a culture of minority, in a culture of maybe opposition, in a culture of people going a different direction and to mingle with the crowd. This is the battle that we have in this cultural moment in our city. And yet, Jesus calls us to be different. He says the beauty of the church is not to conform, but to celebrate Jesus and invite people to discover him. 
Jesus describes the church really well for this cultural moment in Matthew chapter 5. He writes this in verse 13. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus says, far from losing your saltiness and conforming, far from retreating and being hidden, you are to be, he says, a town on a hill. Literally kind of a town within a town, a city within a city, an alternative community within the city that is the light of Jesus Christ. An alternative community living out the ways of Jesus, enjoying the presence of Jesus, empowered with his presence and power, not only for our sake, but for the sake of the city. This is the vision, the identity of the church of Jesus Christ, particularly in this cultural moment where the, where the difference is very stark, where we can love our city, be friends with our neighbors and serve this city, but be a compelling difference, showcasing the wonder and the beauty of Jesus Christ. It's kind of like, have you ever been up to Sortel or other parts of our city which are kind of celebrating different cultural backgrounds? And so up on Sortel, you've got Little Tokyo, right? You've got these amazing whole street of Japanese restaurants, sushi, ramen, uh, the best stationery stores in LA, all that kind of stuff. It's amazing. I love it so much. I love being in LA, but I'm kind of in a different city in the city. I'm kind of walking along and it feels like at times, wow, this feels like I'm actually in Tokyo right now. This feels Japanese right now. And yet, even though I'm enjoying the things of Japan, the food, the smells, the amazing coffee, the amazing pastries and sushi, you should go. <laughs> though I'm enjoying all those, those things, I also kind of know, but I'm still in LA. The signs are in English. I can still hear the 405. I can see the Hollywood sign. I'm kind of one foot in one culture, one foot in a different. And this is what Jesus is getting at in this picture of being a city within a city. That the church community is not just somewhere where you go on Sundays just to get fed, find a few friends. We are to be an alternative city. A community that's living out the kingdom of God, the ways of Jesus, within LA, not retreating and not compromising, but in parallel living, loving our city, but living in the kingdom of God. This is the great hope of the church in this cultural moment. John Tyson, in his helpful book, 
being a creative minority, his way of viewing the church in this way, he writes this, a Christian community is therefore a web of stubbornly loyal relationships knotted together in a living network of persons in a complex and challenging cultural setting who are committed to practicing the way of Jesus together for the renewal of the world. This is not just show up on Sundays to get fed. That won't cut it. It won't work for us to thrive as a community and it doesn't work for us to give a wonderful taste of Jesus to the rest of our city. So how do we be that kind of church? How together do we become an alternative community, giving people a taste of Jesus and enjoying his presence together? I'm gonna go very quickly through five marks of being a renewed community, a community, an alternative city that goes beyond just, hey, we just do Sunday services, but actually becomes a transforming presence of God in the city of Los Angeles. The first is this, to press in and being an authentic community. There's no way that we will stay faithful and resilient to the things of Jesus if we do it alone. Resilience is a team sport. I know when I've always grown up in non-Christian environments where being a Christian is deeply in the minority and I need, I know I need the encouragement, the prayer, support, the accountability, the provocation of Christian family around me. You know, don't you, that being in LA, if you don't have a community around you, it's like being one of the hot burning coals in a coal fire and with other Christians and with the church community, you're red hot, but take one of those coals out and put it on the side and it can survive for maybe a week or two in spiritual terms, but then it starts to grow cold. And yet put it back in the fire and it grows warm again. This is what it's like to be part of the family of God, to be an authentic community, to actually open up your life and be vulnerable, for people to know you and be known. We need each other. It's why we have friend groups. It's why we do amazing kids in youth ministry. It's why we do dad's groups and mum's groups. It's why we do women's Bible study. It's because we need to be in this together to be known and to know others. Secondly, it's not just to be an authentic community, but to live an alternative story. It's to live out the story of God, not the story of our city. It's been said that we live in a culture of competing stories. The story of God is very clear that we're created in his image to reflect his love and grace and mercy to the city around us, to join with God in renewing this city, that we've been sent here, not just for us, but for the sake of others. We are his missionaries. Whether you've been born here or whether you've come here, we're partaking in the story of Jesus, renewing all things. And yet, every day, we are invited into a different story. The story of our city, which is one sociologist called Project Self where we pursue leisure, pleasure, and treasure to maximize our personal well-being. We use others for ourselves. 
We may give the spare change to others, but we're here fundamentally for ourselves to achieve our dreams, to make it, to use LA and maybe others to pursue our own agenda. We see this every day, right? Bombarded with it in TV, film, etc. This city preaches to us a different story to Jesus. I used to be in uh, advertising, and so slogans, I just tend to notice, I watch TV commercials more than the TV shows, and I look at slogans and billboards just to see, actually, see these as pulpits of the story of our city. We are being preached at every single minute of every single day. Just this week, I was walking my dogs, and I stumbled across a poster, and I thought, wow, that's like, that is a rich, deep theology alternative to Jesus. And this is what the billboard said. It's time to worship you. This is the story of our city. Life will be better if you just focus on yourself even more. This is what's out there, right? I'm not saying anything that just isn't in the air and our slogans and our TV commercials and our scripts resonate with you are here to make much of yourself and life will go well if you just worship you. The narrative of Jesus is that's when everything went wrong, when you worshiped yourself. I was also walking down the street uh, just the other day with my dogs. I I have three Labradors. Well, I used to, I've got two right now. One graduated to be a therapy dog. We're very proud of him. And so two, I got my two Labradors and we're walking down the street and I try intentionally to say hello to people because it's all very silent. And so I thought, you know what, I'm gonna be super friendly. The neighbor in Venice Beach, I'm gonna say hello to everybody. But before, so I just say hi, and normally some people chat, some people walk on. But uh, one day, this, recently this lady was walking towards me with, and she, not with her dog, she's by herself, and I was about to say hi, but she beat me to it and went, good morning. I went, good morning. And she looked at me and went, I wasn't talking to you. And went down and said good morning to my dogs and moved on. <laughs> I then went into Kitson. Do you know Kitson, uh, the store? And I saw this T-shirt, which I thought was very apt. When I die, my dog gets everything. And there's this cultural narrative, again, even in small ways. We have this other narrative going on. Dogs more than humans. You more than others. Spend everything on yourself. Leisure, pleasure, treasure. If it's not feeling good, do something else. You do you, do what feels good. You see it every day. And what God is inviting the church into is a compelling and beautiful different way of living that actually doesn't leave us empty but leaves us with peace and joy and fulfillment and authentic relationships. That we live in a city where people are desperate for answers but they're looking in the wrong place. The church is to be that place where we live to a different drum. We don't go along with the cultural narrative. We love our city, but in loving them, want to show them a different story, one of real significance, one of real meaning, one of real fulfillment, and that is following the ways of Jesus. Thirdly, distinct moral vision. Our city has a very different view of how to use the gifts that God has given to us than the way of Jesus. 
Jesus says, look, I've given you great things. I've given you money. I've given you power. I've given you time. I've given you gifts. I've given you sex. They're all great. I created them all. But here's how you use them that brings life and human flourishing. And yet we live in a culture that has a very different way of using these things. And again, the compelling call of the community of God is to live into the Sermon on the Mount and live it out in such a way that we use the gifts of Jesus not for ourselves but for the sake of others. That actually the gifts of God are for, their, for us to lift others up rather than just use them for ourselves. Our city takes all the things that God has given us and will recommend that just spend them on yourself. And in spending them on yourself, you will find joy. The problem is, we end up exhausted and driven by our appetites in what sociologists again call burnout from indulgence fatigue. Where all these things just spent on ourselves drive us to pursue one more hit after another trying to find deeper satisfaction. But instead of deeper satisfaction, every hit seems to be shallower and shallower. Shopping gets old. Sex as self, fun, and adult play starts to weaken its intimacy. Etc., etc. The joy of the people of God is to live in a city that is using, has these things, but using them without finding joy and meaning, significance, and saying, look, this is how they are meant to be used. This is how we use our bodies. This is how we use our money. This is how we use our time. This is how we use our power. It's for the sake of others in the name of Jesus Christ. As John Tyson wrote in his book, he said, we still enjoy as Christians the great gift that is human sexuality, but we do so in a faithful covenantal framework. We still experience the goodness of God that is granted through wealth, but we do it in a spirit of generosity and sharing. We still occupy positions of influence, but we do not use that power to build our own kingdoms. We do it to serve others in the spirit of Christ. It's an alternative city living into a different story, a distinct moral vision of the world that truly brings love and faithfulness and joy. Fourthly, a community with counterformation practices. As a church community living in LA, we have a choice to either live the way of Los Angeles and our digital social media addictions, with uh, over-busy and scheduling and travel, with extending ourselves in debt and credit cards and all these things. Or, as Jesus says, come follow me. Live into the practices that I will give you and find life. See, over the years, we felt being a Christian is really just about believe the right things and everything will go well. But Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, believe these things and put them into practice. And we're waking up as a church community in this kind of secular cultural moment to realize in order to be this alternative community, we actually have to adopt the lifestyle and practices of Jesus, not just his beliefs. 
to live in a different way, to use our time differently, to use our wealth differently, to actually put boundaries upon those things which don't do us good. The invitation to follow Jesus is a community practice of helping each other in rhythms of life that help us become more like Jesus. It's to embrace the lifestyle of Jesus together, to embrace Sabbath, to embrace cycles of prayer and celebration, generosity, silence and solitude, thanksgiving, table fellowship, these great rhythms of the lifestyle of Jesus which we realize, oh, this is a different way of living within which we experience the kingdom of God. This is the hope of the church. This is what the church is called to be. Not just different beliefs, but a different way of life that overflows with his presence and his power. And then finally, the church to be a redemptive influence. Not just inward enjoying the presence of God, but outward bringing the light to the city around us. The transforming power of Jesus to our city. Jesus said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. When I was in my mid-twenties and came back to church, I was a lawyer at the time, and got so excited that the kingdom of God was not just going to church and having family time and friend time and worship time, but it gave dignity and meaning to what my vocation was that God had called me into the marketplace to be a missionary in the legal world. I used to get together with other lawyers in our church and talk about what does it mean to be a redemptive influence in the legal world? What does it mean to be in that environment and push the legal profession towards the redemptive themes of grace and mercy and justice represented in the kingdom of God? We are to be an inward, outward community. Experiencing the presence and power of God, not just for ourselves, but for the sake of our city. That we say to our city, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come and walk down our version of Sortel and enjoy the feast of the kingdom of God. Isn't this something that you crave? We are not to influence our city through coercion, legislation, imposition, but through humility and love and service to see our city come alive in the things of Jesus. This is the church in this cultural moment. I get so excited because when Lizzie and I came to LA, as she said on that film, we never thought of coming to Los Angeles. But we knew what it was like, both of us, to be in a very non-Christian environment. And it's where our faith comes alive. See, we don't look at this cultural moment with lament or grief. We look at it with joy and anticipation of what God can do. You see, a church in a minority context is often the most potent and powerful church. 
as we dig deep together in the ways of Jesus, as we are loyally, stubbornly woven together as the family of God, as we make room for his presence and power because we need him so much. This is when the church comes alive and is church at its best. This is the calling of what we have here. This is why we're redoing our facilities, because we need a home for all this to happen. I don't know where we'd be without a home for our church if we were just renting movie theaters on Sundays. I still, when I go back to London, I go back to our church, Holy Trinity Brompton. It's this beautiful old building right behind Harrods in Knightsbridge. And when I walk up to that building, I know the church is not the building, but the building is the home of the church. And I go up to that building and I walk through the lobby and I go, that's where I met Lizzie. I walk in and look at the back row of that church and go, this is where I sat down when I was so scared of coming to church. I sat here and I felt suddenly the grace and welcome no matter where I'd been and what I'd done. I remember going down into the, they call it the crypt, kind of down into the basement where there was a bookshop and I remember time, time again, it was open all day long and I remember in the midst of just the crazy chaos of London and not knowing many Christians, I'd run to church and just sit in the bookshop and feel safe and read and feel at home. I remember serving in the kids' ministry there and actually helping these kids become urban Christians, so defending their faith in the midst of the storm, but they felt safe with the community around them. I remember the balcony, like the top, which they leveled out. They had these kind of hydraulic kind of pews that would equal out where they could put tables and chairs, where my first alpha group was. I remember seeing a friend from work come and give his life to Jesus. See, buildings are not the church, but we need buildings to be the church. I don't know where we'd be without this building. But this is the invitation for vintage in this next cultural moment. It's to be an alternative society. To be a community of heaven in this beautiful city of Los Angeles. When Lizzie and I arrived, we came to build a different type of community. And we knew what it would take. We knew that we'd come to love and serve our neighbors, to laugh with friends and practice the way of Jesus together, to endure and pay the delightful taxes of our city, to help our kids navigate the radically different worldviews of the educational system here, to shoehorn our family into an overpriced two-bedroom apartment, but to enjoy new friends from around the world and cry when these friends decided to leave LA, to hire spiritual mentors for our kids, to pretend to enjoy kale and vegan brownies, to invite our friends and neighbors to explore Jesus on Alpha in a safe and non-judgmental way, to grow gray hair on the 405, to serve the city with the Salvation Army and the Compton Initiative, and ultimately to say, God, this is where you've called us for good, to give our lives for your church in this city, to sacrifice, to laugh, to cry, to build, not run away when it gets hard, but to dig in. And the most important thing we know as we look at this building 
is that when we come into this building, we know that we're not digging in alone. But we're doing this together. And in the family of God, we can do pretty much anything together. Let's stand. Just love you to close your eyes. We're running a bit late, so if you've got kids, please go get your kids from VKids because we're running late. But we're going to worship now. Our prayer team will be down the front. But this is a time to worship. And once again, go all in with Jesus, all in with his church, that we can live together the beautiful things of the kingdom for the sake of the city. So let's worship together.